Hi, and welcome to NASIO Voices, where we talk all things state IT. I'm Amy Glasscock in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Alex Whitaker in Washington, D.C. Big surprise, this is a bonus episode all about the much-anticipated state and local cybersecurity grant program. Now the guidance is out. It's also our 80th episode, and it's National Podcast Day, so congrats to us. (laughs) Alex, I'm going to ask you all the questions about the cyber grant program now, so let's get started. Let's do it. All right. So the guidance is finally out. Is it everything we hoped for? You know, I think it's impossible for it to have everything that we hoped for. uh, But certainly there's a lot of really great stuff in here. And there's a lot of potential to make this a really successful grant program. So we're really happy to have the guidance finally. And we're going through it still at NASIO and working with states and trying to figure out what's in it and what else we need to know. Okay, great. Well, obviously, I know it's a lot of information, but can you kind of walk us through the highlights that we know so far? Sure. I'll do my best without trying to sound like a boring person just reading <laughs> federal guidance. But um, so I'm not going to go too much into the background, but, you know, highlights are, are obviously um, the, the big program was included in the infrastructure bill passed, oh gosh, several months ago at this point. It's a billion dollars over four years to address critical vulnerabilities in, in cybersecurity at both the state and local level. Um, so what we've been waiting for for the last several months, and and faithful listeners of the podcast will know that an episode rarely goes by that I don't mention that we're <laughs> waiting for this guidance, is this notice of funding opportunity, which came out on September 16th, which tells everyone, states, states, local governments, territories, how they can spend the money. Also, there will be a separate NOFO for tribal governments that's coming, I think, in the next few weeks. Don't know exactly when, but obviously their needs are a little different. So CISA is, is putting out some different guidance for them. Mm-hmm. So we're really excited. We're going through it. Like I said, it came out on the 16th of September, and that kicked off a 60-day period in which states have the ability to basically to apply to apply in a, in a way. Basically, they will submit on, I think I believe it's grants.gov. Um, and also, just for everyone's awareness, we'll put in our show notes some of the fact sheets from CISA that has some of the information that we're going through. So if, if you miss some of it, check the show notes because we'll have that. Yeah. So basically, they'll, they'll indicate that they want to apply for this funding. And that has to be in by, I believe, November 15th. Then they have almost a full year to actually submit their cybersecurity plans. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But but that's kind of what states need to know now. So um, just to recap, yeah, they have until November 15th to say that they will be applying to sort of apply to apply. Exactly. Okay. And they're, they're going to get that into grants.gov. And the, the, so the, the thing I'll mention as well is that CISA and FEMA are kind of working hand in hand on this. Those who are familiar, the grant is structured a little bit like the Homeland Security grants that are that uh, FEMA runs. So being as they have sort of the expertise in, in running grant programs like this, that's why FEMA is kind of the administrative agency. But CISA is the, the subject matter expert, and they've written kind of the guidance. So, so most of our work is, is going to be kind of with CISA, but FEMA obviously very important as well. So to get into kind of like the, the nuts and bolts and, and the meat of it, so states are going to need to submit a cybersecurity plan to CISA. And the cybersecurity plan is a statewide planning document that's got to be approved by the Cybersecurity Planning Committee and the CIO or CISA. So what that means is that states are going to have to get together a lot of relevant stakeholders all the way down from the local level to the state level to figure out what are the vulnerabilities and, and what really needs to happen with this money. Um, one of the things that NASIO has asked for 
several times, along with our partners at National Governance Association and NCSL and NEMA, is for states to be able to, rather than just provide cash funding to all local governments, to be able to provide services. And this is kind of an important point. I know we're going to get into some of the big questions that states have asked. This is one of them. And is this allowed? CISA is allowing this, that, that states can provide essentially its services in lieu of payments. But there is a caveat. Uh, localities have to consent to this. So they have to say, yes, we're okay with this. So one of the things that NASIO is really trying to get some clarity on, and we think that we do, is how does that work? Does Obviously, does a state have to go out to every single locality and ask consent to provide services? Because that wouldn't really be very practical. Mm-hmm. And really what, what is going to happen is that the Cybersecurity Planning Committee, which is going to be approving these cybersecurity plans, and it's pretty important, we'll go into the committee a little bit in just a second, that's where the consent comes from. Because the idea is that locals will be represented at the cybersecurity plan level. Some of those questions that we're kind of working on, but these cybersecurity plans are going to be really important in the first year. And I'll, I'll stop in just a second, but to, what I'll mention about these plans too is that CISA is really committed to providing staff at the regional level to work with the cybersecurity security planning committees during this process over the next year Mm -hmm. so that when a state gets ready to submit that plan, it's ready to go. So you're not sort of, you know, it's not the first time this is seeing it. They're able to answer questions and that kind of thing. So, so that's really the point of the first year of the funding. And um, I, I think that's where, you know, really a lot of the focus is going to be over the next year is, is working on that cybersecurity plan. Okay. So the idea is that every state has a cybersecurity planning committee and there's input from local governments. There'll be input from CISA regionally and the state. And so, um, and that's also where states will get consent from local governments that instead of just, you know, passing this funding along to them, that they can provide them services in lieu of funding from that grant program. Is that correct? That That's right. And it doesn't rule out that a locality can or cannot get money. It's really just going to be kind of up to the uh, an iterative process in the states and working with locals. So states may decide, you know, not every state is is the same as we all know. And, And there may be some urban areas that in conversation with the state, you can you can say, you know, actually, in, in this situation, they have a project that they want to pursue. And that is absolutely, you know, that's something that's allowed, but it'll be sort of a conversation at the state level between the states and, and local governments, if that fits into the, the scope of the state cybersecurity plan. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so what kind of questions are you getting from states right now? Sure. So I think a lot of it, it comes down to sort of the nuts and bolts of the cyber planning committee and, and then sort of who are eligible entities to apply for the money. The definition of local governments is sort of up to the states, but within the cyber planning committee, there is some stipulations about who all exactly needs to be on that. So the cybersecurity planning committee membership is really outlined in the guidance, which is really helpful. And the CIO or the CISO does need to be on it. Um, There is a little bit of a question because there's also some language in the NOFO about uh, equivalent eligible entity. So we had some questions initially for CISO. What exactly does that mean? You know, what about an equivalent entity? And the understanding and the the response we got from CISA is that because not every state has someone who has turned the CIO or CISO, they put in that equivalent office to say that, you know, it is the CIO or CISO. We just understand that in certain states that not necessarily everyone has that title. So um, that's going to be clarified later on, but it is really the CIO or CISO. So there is a, a need to have representatives from counties, cities, and towns within the state. Um, so that's spelled out. There, there does have to be local representation. And there has to be institutions of public education and health 
um, within the state as well. Um, there's also some language about representatives of rural, suburban, and high population jurisdictions. So CISA really wants to make sure that this committee has everyone represented. But I think, you know, when I said, what are the questions about this? You know, it says institutions of public education. Does that mean higher education? Does it mean local school systems? You know, our sending is that that's really going to be up to the state as to who that is. Um, but these are kind of a lot of the questions that are coming through. Some of the questions has been about how much money are you applying for initially? And and I do want to clarify that you're you're applying for for the first fiscal year funding. You're not applying for all four years at once. Some folks have had questions about will there be a need to update the plan, and the answer is yes. The plans are going to have to be updated in FY24 and FY25. So it's not just sort of like you write your plan, you send it up, and you never look at it again. Right. These are supposed to be kind of, you know, it's a process over four years, so that'll have to be updated and implemented as well. Those are just a few of the questions that we've gotten. Certainly, there are more, and and we're kind of working to to get them answered as, as quickly as we can. But, you know, it, it's a big piece of guidance, and I think as states are working on these plans, there are going to be even more questions coming up. So we'll we'll keep talking to CISA as much as we have to. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm sure that this process of getting feedback from states and localities is an important part of the process for the federal government government as well to to flesh out the guidance and, you know, figure out what's not clear and what they need to add. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So what should states be doing right now to develop their cybersecurity plans? Sure. So one of the things that uh, Nasir was really um, adamant about over the last few months is that, okay, we don't have the guidance yet, but I think we kind of know the broad strokes. We knew that cybersecurity planning committees were going to be required because that's in the the statute and the jurisdiction. So we've seen a lot of states have already started to begin at least the planning committee aspect and pulling on the locals and other folks who might need to be at the table. So states who have not begun to do that yet should certainly go ahead and start working on that. And there are, again, there are states that have really been proactive in in getting these folks together and getting folks in the same room. And the reason is because you need to start understanding what the gaps are, what the vulnerabilities are, and that kind of thing. So states that haven't yet should begin doing that. And you can, you know, certainly look to your peers. There are several states that that are working here. So that would really, I think, be the biggest thing, getting really just kind of everybody in the room. I will say also that it clearly stipulates in the guidance that it's all right to use sort of existing committees that may be meeting on on different topics. So you don't necessarily have to reinvent the wheel, but certainly you're going to want to start to bring together those folks at the local level, deciding who from public health and who from public education institutions are going to be there and start identifying your approach and, and how you're going to address some of these vulnerabilities. Some states also are really starting to begin thinking about what sort of services that they want to offer. Again, you know, they do have that ability to offer services instead of cash. There are many, several of which are actually stipulated in the guidance that need that need to be included in the cybersecurity plan. So some of those include multi-factor authentication, data encryption, migration to .gov, which is a big thing that NASIO has talked about. And we'll hear about that in a couple of weeks on our, our other podcast. So, you know, those are the kind of things they should be thinking about, getting folks in the room and then what sort of services you want to offer. Okay, great. Yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, since we were talking about asking for clarification and, you know, some of the questions that have been coming up since the guidance came out, will CISA and FEMA be altering the guidance at all? So I think it's pretty unlikely they would alter the guidance. Um, you know, as we know, it took quite a while to get the guidance out. It, it requires review from OMB and, and other organizations. So you're probably not going to see updates to the guidance, um, at least in the short term. 
I guess maybe it could be possible in the next couple of years as the, the cybersecurity plans need to be updated, but I have no idea. That's just conjecture. Where we're going to see updates, though, is in the frequently asked questions. Um, and we're going to include those in the show notes and folks can, can look at that. And that's really how agencies tend to update guidance like this. We saw this pretty uh, much all the time. When Treasury was working on CARES Act during the pandemic. So when updates are coming, it's going to be frequently asked questions. Um, We've asked CISA to let us know when those are happening. They said that they would. Uh, NASIA will will transmit updates when we can. We have already flagged a couple of those things, like I said, about the need for um, spelling out the need for consent from locals and actually what that looks like. And so they've been receptive to to those updates as well, Uh, the need for those updates and the frequently asked questions. So so probably no updates to the guidance because that would be a a pretty uh, big lift, but they do understand understand that there are some things that need clarification and that sort of thing. So that'll be in the the FAQs. Okay, great. This is a lot of information, but any final thoughts? You know, I think the biggest um, thing that I would like to leave with folks is that this is really kind of a living, breathing process. Um, I think the guidance is is pretty clear on a lot of things. There are other things that we still have questions about. States are going to have a ton of questions, I think, as they're working to, to develop their plans. And so NASIO is here as a resource. I mean, if folks have questions, they want to reach out. I won't always have the answer right away, but usually I at least know where to get it. So please reach out to me um, with any questions that you have. And, and we look forward to working with folks as they develop their plans and, um, and work to, to really implement a good program. All right. Great. And how should folks reach out to you? So um, email is probably best. It's uh, A Whitaker, A-W-H-I-T-A-K-E-R at nasio.org. Okay, great. Well, Alex, thanks for uh, consolidating all of this for us in like a short 15-minute podcast. I know that's super helpful. And it's probably, even if people have sat in on some of our webinars and things, still helpful to hear things once again. So thanks a lot for your time. Yeah, no, I'm happy to do it. I hope it's helpful for folks. Absolutely. Thanks again for listening to NASIO Voices. NASIO Voices is a production of the National Association of State Chief Information Officers, or NASIO. You can learn more at nasio.org. And if you'd like to learn more about the state and local cybersecurity grant program, you can go to the CISA fact sheet, which we will link to in the show notes. Have a great day.